Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, so we're going to talk a lot about the Bucks' big win over the Bills, of course. But let's start with a question that I asked Bruce Arians on Monday because a week from Monday, Antonio Brown is eligible to come back into the building. He can begin playing as early as December 26th. That's their game at Charlotte uh, against the Carolina Panthers. So he'd be able to, to walk back in uh, following their, their Sunday game against the New Orleans Saints, Sunday night game. In fact, he could walk in after midnight if he wanted to. You, you know, able to ramp up and prepare for that game, his three-game suspension would be served. And I don't know what I expected when I asked the question, but I got the same answer as when they suspended him, which is, we'll see. Bruce Arians very noncommittal um, both ways. I mean, not saying they will, not saying they won't. But the fact that he hasn't, you know, pretty much accepted Antonio Brown back in the building after he serves his suspension is curious to me. I, I still can't believe in my heart of hearts that, Brown's not going to be with this football team after he serves this because, again, the answer to every question is, Tom, what does Tom Brady want? I have to believe, you know, the one game-winning pass to Brashard Perriman notwithstanding, there's no way Tom Brady wants to go into a postseason um, or even the last few games of the regular season, but certainly in the postseason, not having a guy like Antonio Brown, who absolutely will add to their offense. Look, if he makes one play, one Perriman-like play, per game in the postseason, that changes history, right? That 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 changes your legacy. I mean, Brady's legacy is pretty secure, uh, but you're talking about, you know, all in, wanting to win Super Bowls, and, and it's Super Bowl or bust with him every every year. Well, that, that could be the difference. So I can't believe for a second, maybe it comes down to a home field advantage. Maybe it comes down to, to you know, a first-round buy, some play that he makes. Um, and I just think it's too critical for them to have that third receiver if it's Antonio Brown. Now, health might be a factor, right? We don't know what his ankle injury or heel injury, whatever it is now, how that has has recovered. He's able to come in the building and get some rehab. He can't practice. He took a bunch of gear out last Thursday. But it's curious to me that, and, and maybe it's just because they don't have to deal with it right now. They, look, they took a lot of a lot of heat anyway. Uh, John Romano of the Tampa Bay Times wrote a couple columns saying, you know, we'll find out what they're all about. Is it greed? Um, you know, what is it if they don't cut Brown? Um, but I don't know. I, do you got any theories, Steve Bursnick? Well, I guess the first question you have is, have they made a decision yet? You know, I mean, Bruce Arians is saying, we'll see. Yeah. Leading you to believe they haven't decided. I right. find that harder to believe. Although, potentially, there's a discussion or dissension. Maybe some people in the organization want to cut. Some want to keep. Yeah. You know, and then how does Mike Edwards factor in this as well? Now, granted, he doesn't have the history of Antonio Brown. Sure. So you could make a case where you could cut Antonio Brown and keep Mike Edwards if that's what you decide. Mm -hmm. You know, based on Bruce Arians previously not necessarily wanting Antonio Brown, saying, you know, one mistake and he's gone, et cetera. So, I I mean, the first question is, is, has a decision been made by the organization or – is it still an ongoing discussion with 
potentially, you know, figure the people that are in, you know, Jason Light, his staff, Bruce Arians, the staff, maybe Tom Brady's involved, others, that some are on one side and some are on the other. I mean, that that's either that or, you know, Bruce Arians just biding time because why say anything until you have to? Because lots of things can change between now and next Monday. I, I think that's part of it. I really do. I think you don't you know you don't have to make a decision now, so why announce something that you might change your mind about without all the information, right? I mean, in the world of Antonio Brown, news happens quickly, okay? Uh, who knows if he can handle being away from the team for three weeks? And I mean that in sincerely. Uh, a lot of guys without structure, particularly a guy like Brown, struggle when they're on their own. They really do. They, they struggle with their time. They need the locker room. They need structure every day in their lives or they can find themselves in trouble and I think that's part of it you make a good point about the organization because I don't think this is just Bruce Arians call it's it's largely his call but you know and and I don't know I haven't talked to Jason Light I would assume he would defer to Arians and or Brady on this one but we haven't talked about what ownership wants that was my next point is it, it could be higher than that that's correct. And I think that I, I believe that there's a general sense, and I, I can't really get into details of why I think that, but I, I do believe that Brown, while, while he, he puts on a good face you know, in front of the cameras a few times we've talked to him, how he's a changed guy and this and that, I'm not sure that's the case in that building. I'm not sure he's that friendly with everybody he encounters over there. I'm not sure... Uh, that you know, you'd have to imagine that his act may wear thin, um, you know, on other people in the building, and that's that's a factor. You know, if if the ownership feels like, you know what, um, we want to win, uh, but we don't want to win at any cost or at all costs. So what are we doing here? What what's the next thing that's going to happen with this guy? You know, um, you re-signed him even after his trainer accused him of sexual assault on three different occasions, you waited until he reached a settlement with her. Okay. Not much different by the way, than Jameis Winston, which they gave Jameis five years and he had another incident and a suspension and they still wanted Jameis Winston on their football team. So I'm not giving the owners of hall pass here. Um, I just think that I, I, it, it seems to me like they have decided, and Bruce said this today, or on, on, I'm sorry, on Monday, he said that we're going to meet as an organization. And when we make a decision, we'll make you aware of that decision after it's made. So that tells me that they have decided to get some space between themselves and Antonio Brown. Um, clearly, there's a need for a third receiver. Um, they're still searching. That's why Brashard Perryman was out there the other night. They still have guys. They have depth at the position. I mean, Scotty Miller was inactive, for goodness sakes, and he made plenty of plays a year ago to help them go to win, go and win a Super Bowl. Tyler Johnson played pretty well the other night. He had more catches than Brashard Perryman certainly did. So they have options, but they're not as good of options from a performance standpoint. I think there's more to it. I, I do. I think I don't know that this is totally Bruce Arians' call. I think it's mostly his call, but I think ownership has to be part of it. And I also think that, you know, maybe they're still finding out things about this whole plan. You know, like all they found out was that Antonio Brown 
and Mike Edwards and John Franklin, who's not on in football right now, that they agreed to accept the unions and the NFL finding that they misrepresented, quote-unquote. That's a strategic word for saying faked vaccination card, but they didn't want to say that because it's a crime. It's a crime to, to use or to sell a fake vaccine card. It's a federal crime. And it's punishable for up to like five years in prison, possibly. And we don't know what the FBI or the federal you know, uh, investigators are, whether they're interested in this and prosecuting this or not. They certainly have a roadmap to it if they want to. But what if, for example, and now we're really getting in the weeds, but what if they were approached by somebody in the federal government and they brought them in and said, you know, we want to take a sworn statement here. What's your involvement with this? Did you... Who'd you purchase a card from? You know, is it a fake vax card? We're interested in stopping these kind of practices throughout the country or state of Florida or whatever. Does he cooperate? You know, um, <clears throat> is he is he forthcoming then? I don't know how forthcoming he's been to the Bucks. I don't know that, that Antonio Brown has sat there and said, here's what I did, okay? Because the story he told the NFL, which didn't wash, the first story he told them was, I went to Citrus County. I went, his lawyer says he went through a drive-thru. He says he went there because he didn't want to be recognized. Well, you can go through drive-thrus, and I assure you, there's very few people that are sticking needles in arms that would recognize Antonio Brown. You know, they're not all NFL fans. And if they are, they're not all Tampa Bay NFL fans. And if they are, they may not recognize Antonio Brown from the next guy because in, on the football field, you wear a helmet. And a lot of people don't get to see you up close and personal. They may not know who you are. So the risk was pretty minimal even in Tampa, much less Citrus County. So you didn't have to go to Citrus County to go through a drive-thru and not be recognized. What about Pasco County? What about Hernando County? What about Polk County? What about Sarasota County? So that doesn't fly. But that's the story he told. And then when he was asked by the investigators, did you go with any of your teammates, where he got hung was he said, no, I went by myself. Well, I don't know what the other guy said, Mike Edwards and, and John Franklin, whether they came clean. What if they did come clean? What if Brown is still holding on to this story? Look, I'm not I'm just not you know what, just give me the three games. I'm not I'm not getting into I'm not gonna sit here and defend myself. I'll take it. Give me the three games, I'll be back in three weeks. Maybe they want him to take more responsibility than that. Maybe a federal authority may want him to take more responsibility than that and tell the truth. So I we don't know all that we don't know. I I tend to think that's not the case, but there could be something to it, and it could be just as simple as, hey, let's see how he handles this, right? Let's see what his attitude is when we talk to him after three weeks. Um, let's see what his injury status is. Let's see if he's contrite. Let's see if he's going to be a good teammate and keep his nose clean the rest of the season, you know, because next year is next year. But you don't want to run into any more problems because now you're into December, you're into the postseason, you don't need, you don't need the distraction. So somewhere in there is is the truth, right? I mean, somewhere in there are things that they're thinking about. Yeah, and it, like you said, it's hard, from the outside, it's hard to tell. I mean, yeah. Bruce Arians' comments can lead to a lot of speculation because it, it wasn't just we've decided. Well, it's we'll see. Yeah, we'll so see. I, We're going to meet about it. Yeah, yeah, I tend to think it's not this. It's not a hundred percent decided yet. Yeah, or at least if it, it, the reason it's not decided is that. Maybe there's some convincing that still has to be done or mm -hmm. they have to get the final approval from ownership, which hasn't been forthcoming yet, or maybe they've agreed to wait 
with ownership till the end of this. I, I've just I've heard things. I don't think it's 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 a great feeling about him in general, um, outside of the football uh, part of it. But who knows? So we'll find that out. They certainly need Mike Edwards back because you know that defensive back room is you know been totally in flux. Did you see Richard Sherman try to play safety the other day? He did end up with an interception. But that's not a plan, right? I mean, I didn't think he was going to play at all. Mm-hmm. And good for him because he has great ball skills and awareness, and he came down with that. Um, there was a couple other plays, however, where the angles just got him. You know, When you play that far off the ball and you're trying to anticipate routes, it's just different back there, man. Well, safety, I mean, it's a much different position. And you know, while it seems like it should be an easy transition – it's not. I mean, no. you've got to read the whole field. You've got to figure out which receiver yeah. am I supposed to cover. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, cornerback, you line up, and, and particularly Richard Sherman in his career, you line up man-to-man, you go cover the guy. Yeah. He yeah. runs this way, I go run this way. He goes that way, I go that yeah, way. That's right, yeah. You know, and, and, and not that Richard Sherman, you know, isn't can't handle it and doesn't understand the game well enough because I think he's he does absolutely, but it's, it's a different adjustment, and, and particularly at his age, too. You know, I mean, his physical skills aren't exactly what they used to be either. So, Mm -mm. you know, you're dealing with that too. Now, you know, to pinch hit and and, and do what he's doing has been helpful for the Bucs, and and it's a position of need right now because of how banged up they are there. But if you're going into a playoff game with him as your safety, I'm not confident there. Yeah, and that's I think he's more um, sort of to help get you out of a game if Mm -hmm. you were to have multiple injuries. I mean, Andrew Adams, who's 29 years old, this is his third stint with the Bucks, right? Uh, he basically was their starter at safety, along with Antoine Winfield Jr. And Adams did a nice job. He had five tackles. He batted two balls down at the line of scrimmage. First play of the game, I think, uh, was one of them. So, you know, he he hung in there, but he but he's not somebody you want to have to play multiple games with. Um, you know, he he's like their third or fourth safety. I mean, you're you're you know, you're way down the depth chart. Um, if Edwards comes back, they'll feel much better about things. I'm not too optimistic about Jordan Whitehead because we haven't seen him. And when you don't see a guy trying to rehab, when you don't see a guy out there, it usually means that they're waiting to see if the injury is going to be to such an extent that you need surgery or um, maybe time will heal it to the point where you can get back. We just don't have any information on Jordan Whitehead. Um, so they're going to need they're going to need Mike Edwards. And, I again, I don't know his involvement in all of this, whether it's something he can come back from. I would imagine it is. He's a younger player without a track record, like you said. He's not somebody that that you would want to be, you know, punitive uh, towards this one mistake. Uh, now, if he did something else, maybe you know that that we may or may not know about. But um, I think Mike Edwards will be back at some point, um, and they certainly need him. Right. The funny thing about uh, that game, you know, and, and so much was written, and, and I wrote a story on Bashar Perriman, uh, you know, in the Tampa Bay Times on Tampa Bay.com after the game for Monday uh, is that, you know, Perriman was here in 2019 and, and he was, he found himself thrust into like wide receiver one because both, you know, at that time, both Mike Evans uh, and Chris Godwin were out for the rest of the year. And Jameis Winston was trying, trying his best to survive and, and make a case to come back another season. He was in his fifth season. Um, They lost those two starting receivers uh, Perriman comes in, and Jameis Winston uh, wins a couple games, including one in Detroit. He threw for like 460, two games in a row. 460, that's a lot of yards, um, and a bunch of touchdowns. And a bunch of them, five of them in the last month, went to Perriman. And Perriman was, 
you know, he was putting up over 100 yards a game. And he essentially was their leading receiver. He was their number one receiver at that point. Now, what you found out about him, and I think what Detroit found out, uh, or I'm sorry, the Jets, when they signed him, they after that season, because of the last month, the Jets signed him to a $3 million contract, which is good money um, for a guy that's not a starter. They were thinking maybe he's a number two or three. They found out he's more like a four or five, okay? Um, there's not many teams that he would be the third receiver on. Uh, he's playing that role now, and he had just two targets on you know Sunday, and he caught one for the game winner. But overall, he's been getting most of the snaps, and he hasn't had an impact. Why is he playing? Well, he's a bigger body, okay? He, he's a bigger body than Scotty Miller. Miller was coming off sort of the turf toe injury for a while, um, he got out there and they saw his explosiveness. They certainly saw it in 2019. And I think Bruce, as much as anybody remembers that run that he had and said, Hmm, we could use some of that. Well, they certainly could use it and did use it on Sunday against the bills. I mean, they, he won them a football game. So if, if Bashard Perriman does nothing else the rest of the year, that is a huge win in, in a, in a division or a conference where only one game separates the top team from the second seed. So, you know, that that might be worth him being here alone. But he's not a guy you're in a bank on. So, you know, it, it's it's interesting, but there were other players that stepped up and made plays too in that game. Uh, we talked about Richard Sherman, who wasn't expected to start and didn't start, but played enough snaps to impact the game with an interception. Um, how about Patrick O'Connor? You know, they, they go for a fake field goal uh, early in the second half, and O'Connor – who plays some defense outside linebacker but but is on every special teams, he snuffs it out on a direct snap, makes the tackle for a three-yard loss, and, you know, the Bucks are in good field position. That was a huge play. Um, you know, we talked about the play um, in the end zone that Carlton Davis makes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, before the field goal. Look, that could have been pass interference. They allowed a lot of hand fighting, but they threw a flag on, you know, uh, that Mike Evans benefited from in that game that I – I kind of felt like Mike Evans grabbed the defensive back. So the Bucks got a break there with a no no call. But Carlton Davis has made a huge difference. And when we talked to Bruce Arians on Monday, he said, listen, him coming back is why our pass rush is better. You know, they had uh, plenty of hits and plenty of sacks on Josh Allen, one and a half each by Shaq Barrett and Devin White. And a big part of that is because there's nowhere to go with the ball. You know, we'll see if Jamel Dean, that's a curious one. You know, he went out sick. When you say sick, well, what do you mean by sick? You know, he was in concussion protocol. And anytime somebody says they don't feel well and they get back out there and they're cleared to play, you wonder if this is a continuation of that concussion, of the symptoms after contact, or is it something else? You know, a week before, Ronald Jones couldn't finish the game because he was ill. So there could be, you know, plenty of flu viruses and things going around. They just simply don't know yet. So they're waiting to see that. But with those three corners, it's a different deal for that pass rush. You know, they, they are absolutely um, got a better chance of, of, of getting to the quarterback, and you've seen that in the past few weeks. So, you know, I think that, you know, as long as they can keep the, the core of that better uh, and together, they're going to be fine in that aspect. And, you know, guys like Shaq Barrett now with nine and a half sacks, he's starting to, to feel, feel his, himself. And look, they only got one more game. It's against the Saints. If they win that, they win the division. That gives them at least one home game. They're playing for seeding now. Um, although I, I did question Bruce Arians. I said, what's the home field advantage really at Raymond James? You guys play well there. But did you see how many Bills fans were at that game? 
That did I mean, not. That was, did not look good. I mean, that looked like Bucks oh. games of years ago when you know they yeah. weren't good and, and the opposing team was filling the place. I mean, I'm telling you, it was fifty. Per, it was not fifty percent. It was probably forty percent. But the lower bowl, which is where you would expect most of the season. I mean, they're all sold out. There's no individual game tickets. Okay, so these are all season pass holders. Every seat in the stadium, we were told, is a season pass holder. Does that mean some are brokers and some are investment bankers and all that? Yes, yeah, sure. They might have just bought them to sell them. This is a premium game. It was going to fetch a lot of money on the secondary market. And, and Bills Mafia, it, the Bills are known for traveling well. They do this mm-hmm. they, they routinely. You know, who wouldn't want to get out of Buffalo uh, this time of year and come to Florida and watch your Bills play? So I'm sure a lot of people had this plan for months and months. But I, I know Florida is a transient state. I know that there are a lot of people from other places. This team has been here almost 50 years. And to think that you have the defending Super Bowl champs, that you have Tom Brady as your quarterback, that you're playing an elite playoff team that made it to the AFC Championship a year ago, and this has been on the schedule since April, but there were that many Bills fans taking the seats. I I don't know that I'd be happy if I was a player or a coach about that. You know, what's my home field advantage then? Yeah, I mean, you'd like to think that in the playoffs they're not going to sell those tickets, but right, who knows? Who knows? I mean, you know, they, somebody they go, said if, if they play Green Bay here or exactly, you know, a team exactly. that travels well. I mean, you know, I don't think you know Arizona's one that's going to do that, but uh, right, you know, what Green Bay or Dallas, Dallas Cowboys, or, yeah, you know, you hope that the Tampa Bay season ticket holders aren't going to sell their tickets for the playoffs. I mean, you know, exactly, right. maybe they're trying to fund their playoff tickets by selling that game Saturday or Sunday. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's what people do. I think I think they say, you know what, I'm going to go to as many games as I can, but this Buffalo game, I'm going to make enough money to, you know, to pay for my for the rest of my season tickets. And I understand it. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your money. I just think it's a bad look. And I remember when the Bucks were in the playoffs in the past. You know, they had that problem. They had individual game tickets at that time, but they had that problem for a while. And it, they they eventually turned them all into red seats. You know, into into Buccaneer fans and there weren't many Green Bay fans and you know for years it was the Packers and and the Bears and the Bucks relied on that for their sellouts and and it would be Lambeau South or it would be Soldier Field South and and it was a bad look you know for the organization and and for the players and I can remember even Dirk Cutter uh, who didn't win anything here getting upset that there were so many opposing fans in the lower bowl we'll see and New Orleans didn't have a good year or typically they would travel pretty well it's not that far from New Orleans but you're right. If they play in the postseason and they're playing the Green Bay Packers, and 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 that many people are willing to sell their seats for playoffs, um, it's going to take away a good bit of their home field advantage. Again, they're playing really well at home, uh, and I think you know you'd much rather play here than not. But for a lot of reasons, you get to sleep, you know, the old sleep in your old bed type of thing. But I I I just watched that game yesterday, and I was going, man, oh man, like this is the defending Super Bowl champs. And there are this many of the opposing fans in your building. I don't see that happening in Kansas City. I don't see it happening in Philadelphia or Green Bay uh, or even New England. And and it certainly happened here. So different area for sure. But uh, I'm having some some chats on on Twitter about that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Um, good news for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Brayden Point is skating again, so that means we could see him soon. He was at practice on Monday wearing the red no-contact jersey, so you know he's not mm-hmm. a full participant in practice. But just being out there with the team, not before or after practice, but during practice, is a huge boost for the team. Um, you know, the players all that, you know, Rob Zettler spoke after the practice today, assistant coach and mentioned how it kind of gave the team a jump in practice. Um, you know, if you, from his initial timeline of when he was out, you expect, you know, basically end of the year, early January to be back. So December 13th, he's on the ice skating red, no contact Jersey. That's a good sign that, you know, he's making his way back. Nikita Kucherov has skated some before or after practice recently. Um, not during practice at this point. I think he's still probably at least a month away uh, based on the initial timeline of the surgery and stuff that he had. But um, good news for the Lightning. I mean, you know, look, the Lightning just finished a five-game road trip, went 4-1. and one. You know, maybe you don't like losing to Ottawa 4 nothing in the last game, but if you'd have said before the trip that you'll win four out of five on a five-game road trip, you'd take that every day. I don't know how they're doing it. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I mm-hmm. think you give a lot of credit to Julian Breesbaugh. They brought up so many guys, and, of course, mm-hmm. they, they were able to keep this team together for two Stanley Cup runs, and then they knew that from a salary camp standpoint it wasn't possible. Um, and then they lost two of their biggest stars. I mean, really, you could argue three. I mean, they've, they've been without, what, uh, Chernak for a while too, right? Well, yeah, he came he back, and now he's out again at least till after Christmas, so he's got at least yeah. a couple weeks. So, I mean, but he's a major player in this whole thing, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and Sorelli's been to, out a few games now. He's hoping to play tonight. Right. I mean, but to lose, I mean, okay, let's just take Point and Kucherov. Mm-hmm. You're two. I mean, Stamkos obviously is having a hell of a year, and, he, and mm-hmm. he's picked it up unbelievably in their absence, right? And, and maybe, maybe by necessity or maybe just by opportunity because those guys get a lot of shots and whatnot. But I think by to, health. To, I think he's healthy for the first he's time. He's healthy, in years. right. Yeah, he's skating well. Yeah. But but to 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 overcome two of your best offensive players, not just on their team in the league, right? These are these are mm-hmm. two fantastic players in the league, um, and not lose a beat. In fact, I don't know what their record is over the last twenty twenty two games or so, Steve. But it's remarkable. I mean, these guys are scoring points all the time. Yeah, I mean, they started what two, three, and one to start the season, and you know had that awful opening night, right? So you start two, three, and one for your first six games. Since then. Well, now they're seventeen, six, and four. Wow! So what is wow. that? You know, fifteen, three, and two. Fifteen, or three, and two. Yeah, fifteen, three, Something and like three. That. Fifteen, three, and three. Okay. In their last I mean, twenty-one games, that's that's remarkable. Yeah, I mean, you look at it right now; they're third in the division, uh, but points percentage-wise, they're second in the division. Right. Uh, which is actually a more accurate portrayal of where you're standing, because based on you know, like Toronto's two points ahead of them with two games in hand. Games in the hand, Lightnings yeah. have games in hand, so they're in the top five or six in the league right now, points wise. And you're doing this without point, without Kucherov. It's you know, and to be honest, Saturday against Ottawa, they didn't play that poorly. Um, they gave up two power play goals. They played well the first period, just didn't get rewarded. And then you know, Ottawa quickly took a three zero lead in the second period after they got the two power play goals, and it was kind of over from there. But. You know, I, I kind of like where the Lightning's game is now. You know, they haven't taken any West Coast trips yet, which are coming up. They're going to be home tonight and Thursday. Then they go out to the West Coast, what, Colorado, Vegas, and Arizona before Christmas. Those are always tough trips when you go out West. They haven't done that yet. But they just wrapped up. Not only was it a five-game road trip, they just played eight games in eight different cities in 14 days. Goodness. 
One of those was at home in the middle. But they, had, they went on the road for two, then home for one, then on the road for five. So it was eight yeah. games in 14 days in eight different cities. That's a tough stretch. And they went five, two, and one. Pretty good. You take that, and that's that's their Canadian uh, their Canadian mm-hmm. trip as well. And uh, some teams up there are having trouble with COVID, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, the um, Ca- Calgary Flames just uh, postponed some games now. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's it may be putting the Olympics at at, at odds. Um, the yeah. players have I think well, until January tenth to opt out of the Olympics. Um, and, and there's some questions on protocols, and, and it's Canadian. It's uh, not Canadian Chinese protocols Chinese, because the Olympics yeah. is in Beijing where. If you go over there and get COVID, you may have to quarantine for up to five weeks, Woo. which means you'd miss a good bit of the season coming back. So would a team uh, want to risk that? Well, it's players? not up to the teams. It's been collectively bargained. The players can go if they want. Oh, I see. So it's really up to the players' union at this point and, and the players. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of uncertainty with the protocol, so some of the players are starting to go, I don't know. I mean, they want to go, but – you know, is it worth the risk of, of everything, not not knowing, not having a clear indication from the IOC or the Chinese government what exactly the protocols may be and such? So, I wanted to ask you about this because I remember years ago, um, Marty St. Louis, and this led to his eventual trade, I think, you know, uh, wanted to be part of Team Canada. Um, and at that time, um, who was the GM? It was, Steve uh, Eiserman. Steve Eiserman. Mm-hmm. And Eiserman didn't pick him. And I think it, be, it became a thing. And I remember Tom Jones and I doing a radio show then, and Tom said, this is something to watch. I don't think this is going to end well. Mm-hmm. And eventually, probably for that reason and others, uh, St. Louis ended up being traded to uh, the New York Rangers. Steven Stamkos has made it known he wants to play for Team Canada. Mm-hmm. You know, this is his last chance in all probability. He's certainly playing well enough, and I guess every night, you know, John Cooper gets to see just exactly what Stamkos does. Mm-hmm. Cooper is the coach of Team Canada. You see any scenario where Steven Stamkos is left off that team? If he and can't what would get, it be if he well, was injury? Okay. Um, if his play declines over the next month, but Boy, I mean, that, wouldn't that be tough though for Cooper? I mean, do you have to consider well, that you're his coach? Although I don't think Cooper is the one who decides. He's not the general manager of the team. Okay. Okay. So um, that's now, the distinction. That doesn't He's mean the coach isn't going to have input. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I can't. I, I would find it hard to believe Stamkos won't be on that team if you know he's not going to be starting in the top you know he's not going to be the top yeah. starter but I, I, it would be tough to leave him off yeah for everything he's done and as good as he's been in his career I mean he's a hall of famer for sure and he's never had the chance to play in the Olympics because of injuries in the past right they didn't go in 18 but in 14 he was hurt um, it would be, you know, I, I know he really wants to go to the Olympics and it would be a shame if, if he doesn't make the team, if the players go this year. Now, if because of COVID and the players decide not to go, that's a whole different story, obviously, but then you yeah. don't have to worry about picking the team, but is Stamkos playing? Is he an all-star this year? You think, is he playing that well? Um, uh, I would think he's the lightnings all-star. Yeah. I mean, Hedman right. would be up there too. I mean, you, you could pick Hedman. Kalorn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Vazzy, of course. Right. Always Vazzy's in the conversation. But, yeah. I mean, you know, Stamkos has probably been the most consistent forward that, right. that's, that's producing on the score sheet. I mean, you, you know, you can make arguments. Pat Maroon's been extremely consistent and, and some of that kid line and stuff. But, I mean, to put points up on the board and, and what he's done. I mean, Stamkos has moved from the wing to center back to the wings. You know, as they've had injuries in that. 
I mean, Stamkos has been phenomenal this year. It's the first time in years you've really seen him skate. Yeah. I mean, that, that's how you know he's healthy is he's skating. Yeah. And, and you're seeing he's got burst and he's got speed on the ice. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen that in years from him, and it's great to see. Yeah. yeah. It's been fun to watch. I mean, the captain is is certainly running things right now, and you hope that he stays healthy maybe through a whole season for sure, but um, they they got to get through this stretch where they don't have point and they don't have Kucherov, and those guys will be coming back uh, after the first of the year. We have a former Bolt that's uh, calling it a career today. He's going to have a press conference. Yeah, my wife pointed that out to mm-hmm. me. Ben Bishop uh, is going to retire. Is he, He's in his 30s, right? I think he's By like now? 35-ish in that range. Yeah, okay. He's got a knee injury right now that just isn't getting better, and, and it's, you know, that's, I mean, I, I think there's two stories to his career. One, I, I don't think the Lightning are where they're at today without him. Hmm. For a couple reasons. One, they traded Corey Conacher to get Ben Bishop. And he really stabilized the goaltending position that had been a struggle in Tampa Bay for years. Yeah. And that run back in 15 to the Stanley Cup mm-hmm. final against Chicago, the run the next year um, to this, the Eastern Conference final against the Penguins, those runs don't happen. They're not as deep. They don't get as much experience, et cetera, without Ben Bishop in goal. You know, I mean, he – he helped accelerate the growth of some of the younger lightning players that were coming up, the Johnsons, the Kalorns, the, the Andre Palats, the Kucherovs, the, all these young guys that were coming up around that time, the, the, the 14, 15, 16 seasons. Having that goalie back there that they could rely on allowed those players to grow. You know, I mean, how much, how much I don't want to say easier it is for the lightning players today, but – when you know Andre Vasilevsky's back there, yeah, you can be a little more aggressive on offense at times. You can take a oh, few yeah. more chances. I mean, you don't want to take too many, leave them out to dry, but you know, you know that okay. If I if I turn the puck over here, my guy behind me's probably got it. And how how much looser can you play, and and, and more successful can you be? And, and Ben Bishop really solidified that. He was tremendous with the with the, playing the puck. And, you know, hitting that pass up the ice to, to free people yeah. on breakaways and such. And then secondly, he was a tremendous mentor for Andre Vasilevsky. That's the biggest thing right there. Mm-hmm. And, and those two were very tight. And, and while they competed for playing time, particularly in the year that they traded Ben Bishop, you know, but it, 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 no, despite all that, they were very tight. And Ben Bishop was always there to help Andre Vasilevsky. And him having that mentor and not having to rush into being the everyday starter when he got up to the to – the, NHL too, I think helped him long-term. You know, he got to play behind a really good goalie, but he was getting playing time too because they knew he was the goalie of the future. But he didn't have to have the weight of the world on his, his shoulders at age 20, 21, 22, like you're starting to see now with some goalies, like Nedeljkovic, who's now in Detroit, or Spencer Knight in, in Florida, who we saw in the playoffs, who's 20 years old or 21 now. You know, and all of a sudden, you know, you may be expected to be the guy. Although Bobrovsky's still in, in Florida, so that helps too. But Andre Vasilevsky kind of got to ease in a little bit because Ben Bishop was here. And Ben Bishop was a great mentor to him too. And Andre Vasilevsky's talked about that a lot. And then thirdly, Ben Bishop, you traded and got Eric Chernak back. Yeah. <laughs> so, Pretty good. I mean, you know, you traded him and, you know – that was kind of a throw-in piece. You got Peter Budai back to basically trade goalies because L.A. wanted a backup for Jonathan Quick, 
And you got Eric Chernak back, who's who's one of your, you know, maybe your best shutdown defender you have on the roster. Yeah. No, it was fantastic. Bishop met a lot, and I remember, you know, had he not gotten hurt in that one Stanley Cup run, although mm-hmm. although Vasilevsky came in, he was still very young. I think he was maybe, what, 21, 22 Yeah, it was years against old. Pittsburgh in 16, yep. Yeah, um, did a good job, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, who he knows? He outplayed that... Matt Murray, really. Yeah, for Pittsburgh. yeah, he did. Uh, he did. And, and the other part about Ben Bishop and, and every player that's played with him, everybody who's covered him will tell you, as good of a goalie as he was, and had he stayed healthy, who knows what his ceiling could have been. And, you know, maybe you're talking Hall of Fame or close to that with his career. I mean, but he had so many injuries. But as good as he was on the ice, he was even better off the ice. Mm. Just a really good guy. And, and yeah. you know, you're going to hear those stories now. He's going to have the press conference today to announce his retirement. And, but, you know, the amount of – you don't hear people say bad things about Ben Bishop. Right. He's, he's one yeah. of the good guys. Bish, Bish is uh... – Bish is well regarded here, and he'll be uh, he'll be welcome back whenever he comes to uh, to around Tampa Bay. That's for sure. My my littlest, my youngest daughter is a hockey uh, buff, and she watches. I can't explain this why, but she watches old videotapes or videotapes of older players, you know, uh, in the NHL, and she's become kind of a trivia fan. But we 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 were talking about Ben Bishop. She goes, Dad. There's a YouTube video of Ben Bishop injuries. <laughs> and I don't mean to laugh, but it's funny that he had so many. He was always getting hurt. And some of them that were, were never his fault, you know, very, very rarely. But um, this guy overcame so much just to play. You know what I mean? He was constantly uh, overcoming some injury or another every season. You so. wonder if he was almost too big to play goal. Might have been, you know, at Might six six and all yeah. the time of going down and, and yeah, in that maybe he was just his frame was just too big to play goalie. I mean, right? You know, Vasilevsky's what like six two six three. Mm-hmm. Um, you're seeing some other goalies get bigger, but Bishop was what six six, and right. maybe that's just you know maybe or maybe he's just unlucky with the injuries as well. I mean, you, you know, yeah. you can kind of Stamkos has kind of been that way too with the injuries throughout the career, and you know, it's just crazy injuries and and in that so um yeah but you know ben yeah. bishop you know was a tremendous goalie for a time in the nhl i mean he was considered one of the best goalies he in was. the league i mean you know maybe not the best but he was in the top three or five for you know several years there yeah well you don't get to the stanley cup without one i can tell you that and and they, they managed to do that so even though they didn't win it all right let's do uh tomorrow we can do our uh maybe our mailbag segment um yeah. if you want to we've already uh, got we'll, some we'll, in but please get more yeah please send them yeah in. Yeah, just send them to us on Twitter. You can do that uh, at SportsDayTV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. Our email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Lots to talk about with the Bucks, the Lightning. Uh, before long, we'll see what happens to Major League Baseball and the Rays. College football, the bowl season is coming up. The Asperilla Bowl is sold out at Raymond James Stadium between Florida and Central Florida. 65000 expected in that one, which will be really cool to see. They might outdraw the, uh, the outback, who knows, between uh, Arkansas and Penn State. I would but, imagine uh, ticket sales for that game will be pretty good, though, too, with those two teams. Yeah, they should be. Arkansas should has be. never I, been here. Penn State's been 10 years since they've come to the Outback Bowls. So. Yeah, and as I, I was over at the uh, signing party, and, and uh, you know, the, as much as anything, Penn State is a brand, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if, if, we I'm, are. If, I'm a, if I'm a network, if I'm flipping around on New Year's Day, and I don't know either team, I don't have a, I don't have a dog in the hunt, right, or a dog in the race, but I see Penn State's playing, I'm probably going to watch, you know? Because it's, it's such a good brand, and and Arkansas has had a hell of a year. I met their coach; he's he's a great guy. Um, so yeah, I think uh, that'll be a good bowl game. So we got we got two pretty good 
pretty good events here right here in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium that you guys can go take advantage of as well. So we'll do the mailbag tomorrow. Uh, thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.